Blog Wow, it is Crouch Man here on another fantastic day in sunny Arizona. Well, a lot of exciting things happening uh, out here. Well, you have Barrett Jackson going on. You have uh, you know probably one of the largest car auction you know, events going on, coupled with what what we used to call the Phoenix Open, which is fantastic. Now the waste management event, which brings thousands of folks out, all lining up for what? Boy, the Super Bowl right around the corner. And before that, even Pro Bowl action. So a lot of things going on out here in Arizona, which which the fans are excited about. We finally have a little action with the Suns playing. But there's also a little fervor running around, too, right now, which is this thing called spring training. And spring training we love because it tends to fly around a little bit when the fever of baseball jumps up. And uh, today we're going to have some exciting uh, dialogue with, with former uh, major leaguer Marcus McBeth talking to us about some activities in youth baseball, but also what some of the players are thinking about. If I can work my my shot here on, on the screen, we're going to try to jam him in. Uh, Marcus, are you online? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, we've got you, which is perfect. You mean I actually hit a button correctly, and it's working, so I'm excited. Okay. Marcus, tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, before we jump into the mindset of, of, of the player coming into spring training, because you have a little insight, right? I mean, you saw, you saw this, this Arizona fever uh, from afar, and it, it kind of captured you. What, walk us through the thought process right now of these players. Uh, well, it's it's really an exciting time uh, for everyone. I mean, uh, all the players have gone through uh, an off season where they've gone through uh, some rigorous workouts, and uh, you know everybody's just kind of getting geared up for spring training. Uh, it's always good, and it was always good for me to uh, show up to Arizona and just kind of take in the atmosphere. The weather's beautiful, uh, to smell the grass, and just to you know to kind of get into the swing of things. So. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of uh, anticipation. Uh, a lot of guys are going out to try to make uh, clubs, to make teams, and, uh, you know, putting their best feet forward. And uh, that was something that, that uh, you know, we always thought about during the off season and, and coming into the season. And everybody's really just excited to, to uh, put their best foot forward and, and put the best player on the field. Now, how does that work when you have 70-degree weather I mean, a lot of these guys are coming out of some frigid, frigid climate, and they're just going bananas. Uh, how do you right. put aside the fact that I mean, this weather is quite, quite frankly, I mean, it it grabs, it reaches up and grabs you, doesn't it? Absolutely, and everybody talks about it. And everybody does. I mean, there's always a buzz going around about how beautiful it is, and uh, sometimes when guys come out to Arizona, they say, "Well, this is the first time that I've thrown, uh, been able to throw outside." in a few months because, you know, guys that live in the uh, the colder uh, northern states, uh, sometimes they have trouble getting out to a place, a field, you know, outside where they can actually practice the game. They have to go indoors. And then uh, once you add the, the excitement of, of being outside and once you add the openness and the, the atmosphere and obviously the weather here, I mean, it really makes you want to be outside. It makes guys want to be outside uh, on the field as well as off the field. I mean, you know, this place is uh, is definitely a beautiful place, and just uh, to have an opportunity to come here to be able to play a, a great game like baseball is is 
it's quite amazing, and it, and it was uh, quite an honor, and it was very rewarding for me. So, uh, yeah, the weather definitely plays a factor in it. And, you know, we only have – I can only remember uh, going through spring training. I can only remember maybe uh, three or four rainouts that we had. Uh, pretty much every day you knew, hey, that sun was coming up. Uh, you knew that it was going to be a nice day, and uh, everybody was excited to take the field. Walk us through the first day you get to Arizona – and you say, "Holy Toledo! This is this is what it's going to be like. Is this weather?" Well, walk us through your first time uh, coming to Arizona. Well, actually, when I came out, and uh, I came out, it was I want to say it was in the month of September, which the weather was pretty good. I mean, it was still a little warm. And uh, coming from South Carolina, we have some warm weather too. But uh, you know, if we get to 100 degrees, uh, we consider that uh, smoldering. I mean, it's very very hot uh, to come out here. The weather was over 100 degrees, and it, I mean it was extremely, extremely warm. Uh, but it was it was a different climate. Uh, it was definitely different than uh, what I was used to back home. And so the very first day, uh, I can remember uh, one of my buddies, Trip Kelly, who was a teammate of mine and my roommate. Uh, we both actually came from South Carolina, and we came here uh, in the same year. And we just shared. Uh, just the weather itself was probably the the biggest uh, topic of conversation that we had. I mean, I had never been to Arizona before, and to come out and, and hear, you know, all the things that people were saying about the weather and about the atmosphere and about how nice this place was, uh, just to get out and experience that for the first time was great. Uh, when I first rode over to the baseball field, I actually went over to the A's facility, which is down there in Phoenix near the zoo, and to go out there and just to see that grass and to see the great job that they do with the field, uh, and just to to kind of take it all in to to understand that hey uh, one day I'm going to be playing you know on that field and I'm going to be out there on the field I mean it was just it was a lot to take in it was really like a dream come true I've been so blessed and and I'm so thankful to have had the opportunity to experience Arizona as well as uh, to be able to chase that dream that I've had from a child from as long as I can remember ago. Uh, to have that, to chase that dream of playing ball, and and here there's no no better place to start than the state of Arizona. Mhm, mhm. Now you signed back uh, with the A's. What was it in, in uh, 2002? I want to say. It was. I was drafted in 2001, and I actually ended up signing with them in 2002. Mm. So you're accustomed to a little of the this this nice weather. This I get a little bit chilly back back in the Bay, though. I I, I imagine, right? It does. It does. I mean, you get a breeze off the water, and, uh, you know, it does tend to be kind of chilly at night. Uh, during the days, it's, uh, you know, as you're going into the summer, uh, some of the days are pretty warm there, too, but you start to appreciate that breeze uh, around 7 or 8 o'clock at night uh, because that, that heat uh, sometimes in the bay, I mean, it, it, it does get hot there. But, uh, like I said, the water uh, and the breeze coming off of the water, I mean, it makes the climate really, really nice uh, during a lot of parts of the year. Earlier in the year, uh, it'll be a little bit cooler. Uh, you know, guys will be wearing gloves, and there'll be the hand warmers coming out. But uh, as the season progresses, I mean, the weather really does nice, and it uh, affords you a lot of opportunities to get out there on the field. Well, you know, you know, hand gloves. I, I can imagine it was it was in '07. Uh, you know, I, I want to say that you were out in uh, Cincinnati with your uh, your opener, or was that? Uh, yeah, it was '07. You started in uh, Cincinnati. Two thousand seven. Yes, sir. 2007. Walk us through. Pitchers are reporting out there now. Uh, 
you know, uh, some young boys are going to have their debuts coming up. Walk us through the mindset of, you know, hey, it's my debut in Major League Baseball. What are they thinking? Um, well, for me, uh, it was uh, what I needed to do was I needed to get to the field extremely early. Uh, actually, when I heard that I was being called up, I was in my hotel room and I was uh, packing my suitcase and getting ready for a trip to go on the road. I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, we were getting ready to go on, on a road trip, and I got a phone call from my manager, and my manager tells me that uh, the Cincinnati Reds would like to see me. He said, uh, you know, you've been called up and you're going to join the team. And actually when he told me, um, I, I I hung up. You know, I, I thought it was a joke, and I said, hey, you know, you know, no, no, no more, no more games. You know, this is, you know, that that's too much for me. So, uh, you know, are you really serious? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, ah, you know, okay. Well, I'll I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. I had no idea that he was serious. So, I called my dad and I told him what had happened. And he's like, are you, like, are you kidding? I mean, I think you need to, you, you may need to to call him back. So I actually had to call uh, my manager at the time back to say, hey, is this is this real? And he's like, yes. Uh, you need to get your stuff packed, and you need to go uh, to meet Cincinnati. Uh, you guys are actually going to be going on the road uh, to San Diego, and uh, I was, you know, I, I was, I was very, very, very shocked. Uh, but I was very excited at the same time, and uh, I didn't get to throw there in San Diego. And uh, we had, we made a trip to St. Louis, and St. Louis was the actual first inning that I was able to throw there uh, in the major leagues, and. Um, I'm telling you, it, it, there is it, the feeling is really hard to explain because uh, I'm I'm a competitor. Uh, I love to compete. At the same time, uh, what you have to think about and what I had to think about and train myself to think was, I needed to read the names on the fronts of those jerseys instead of on the backs of those jerseys, because I felt that if I got caught up in looking at the names on the backs, because uh, in St. Louis you had Pujols, you had Encarnacion, you had Aaron Miles, you had guys that could really play. And if you get caught up looking at the names on the backs of those shirts and seeing what those guys have done in the past, then it can really disrupt uh, your 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 play on the field. And so uh, I just started to look around me, and uh, the first time I told the rubber, I stepped off. I, I looked around. I saw the fans. Everybody was cheering. Uh, even in St. Louis, uh, the fans were cheering there for me for being my debut, which was another great experience. But I turn my back, actually, and I look over my uh, left shoulder because I'm towing the rubber. I actually step off, look over my left shoulder, and in right field, I have Ken Griffey Jr. playing right field for me or behind me. And, uh, you know, that was – if I'm going to battle, and uh, I've had the Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, video games and everything, and I'm telling you, if I'm going to battle and there's a guy that I want on my team, it would have been it would have been Ken Griffey Jr., and that was only a dream to me. So – to be able to step on the mound, to step off, to see him there behind me, supporting me, and to see all the other guys out there just ready to make plays, at that point, it just then it became a competition. It was no longer trying to take everything in. Then it was like, okay, I belong here. I have a job to do here, and I'm not going to let my teammates down. And uh, that was the focus that I took into the mound, and I, I had success on my first time out. There are a lot of emotions that are going through uh, the players right now, but uh, the thing that they all will remember is that they've made it this far. And the fact that they've made it this far, they know what it has taken to make them, to take them to this point in their career. And they know what it takes to take them to the next level. And I think these guys are going to apply themselves. And these guys looking forward to debuts, 
you have to you, you have to take it in. You have to enjoy it. It's an incredible time. It's definitely an honor, and uh, it, it's a great time for everyone. Well, you know, back on your opening day, uh, your debut, you're playing the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals, you know, here in Tempe, a lot of hype. Angels facility is here, and the man, right, Mr. Baseball, as it were, <laughs> at least for the Angels, a little pull host is actually playing for the Angels. And, uh, you know, a lot of listeners have to know, I mean, did you throw against Pujols, and how did that all work out? And is he really just the man-child that – he appears to be. Well, uh, man, child, Superman, uh, pretty much any uh, superhero status that you want to give him is uh, well deserved. I'll tell you, um, I made a vow to myself that I would never be intimidated uh, by anyone uh, when I stepped on the mound because that, I felt that that definitely wasn't the way to be successful. Uh, it's rather uh, intimidating to see a guy in the batter's box who fills the entire batter's box and who, when he takes practice swings, it seems as though his barrel covers the whole plate and covers every area. So you're like, how am I going to pitch this guy? So um, I did get a chance to, to have a chance to face him. I faced four batters. Uh, I actually got three of them out. Uh, when it came over to Pujols, uh, I had two strikes on him. And uh, I just remember him hitting a long foul ball with two strikes. It was down the right field line. And I didn't think that he had hit it solid at all. And uh, when it landed, it actually landed beyond the fence but in foul territory. And I thought it was a pretty good pitch. So I'm already thinking, I mean, you know, this guy's locked in. So what I'm going to do is I need to keep the ball down. I'm going to throw another pitch in that area, and I'm going to make this pitch, and I'm going to get him out right here. Well, I threw what I thought was um, a, a really good pitch outside corner. And uh, with one swing of the bat, uh Albert Pujols hit the ball through the six-hole, past his shortstop. My uh, shortstop did not have a chance to move, <laughs> and I actually heard the seams of the ball as it came off his bat and went through the six-hole. Now, that ball is uh, quite a distance away from me, but he hit it so hard on the ground that I could hear it even after it left his bat. And I'm telling you, that's a powerful, powerful man, and uh, he's very, very strong. He's uh as far as his, uh, his his knowledge of the game, as far as his instincts, and most importantly, his respect for the game. And I think that that's one of the things that uh, sometimes we uh, get away from is respecting the game and creating uh, the atmosphere that this game is is a is a privilege for us. You know, it's it's, it's something that we're we're blessed to be able to do, and, and it's very, very rewarding. And that was a rewarding experience for me. Even though I would have liked to, to get Albert Pujols out, uh, he did get that base hit. That's something that I'll never forget. And just to have the opportunity to be there on the field in that particular moment on day one and face a guy who's probably going to be renowned as one of the best hitters ever to play the game, uh, that was just a tremendous experience for me. So that whole day, uh, receiving a standing ovation from the St. Louis fans after I left the mound uh, because they knew it was my debut. I mean, they have some great fans there, and uh, they showed me a warm welcome, and I and I was very thankful for that. That is fantastic. I say man-child in all, in all just meaning that he is a kid at heart, and as you mentioned, probably one of uh, baseball's most admired, and we'll go down as probably one of the greatest hitters. Angels are certainly lucky to have him on board, and I am sure they cannot wait to get the season underway. Well, you ended Absolutely. up, Marcus, you ended up your career uh, retiring with the A's. Um, and, and 
you know, how, how does someone, you didn't have an injury, you, your stats were such that you, you could certainly play uh, another year or, or several more years. What what led you just to kind of flip that switch and say, you know what, um, enough is enough of the big show? Well, um, you know, I I'm a I'm a family man at heart, and um, you know I have a one year old son, I have a four year old daughter. Uh, my son's Marcus Jr., uh, four year old daughter Jada, and I have a six year old daughter Michaela. And uh, you know I I really had been praying for an opportunity to be able to spend more time with them. Uh, you know it's definitely hard doing a lot of traveling with three small kids, but uh, my backbone there and Lisa, my wife, I mean she. She really uh, helped me to carry the load. I mean, she was always there for me to support me, and uh, you know, I really wanted to be able to spend uh, more time with my family. So, um, when 2010, when the season was over, I made a decision, and I made a decision just to uh, to walk away, uh, not to walk away from the game completely, but to walk away as a player. And now, uh, my excitement is a, a bit different. It is, uh, you know, now that we're talking about spring training and talking about. Uh, you know, opening day, and, and uh, I get excited, like, just right now thinking about it. And my excitement now is a little bit different. It's not as a player stepping on the field. It's for it's for kids. It's for my friends that are still in the game it, because I still love the game, uh, and I'm still a huge fan. And uh, anything that I can do to still contribute to the development of anyone in the game, uh, especially and specifically the youth of Arizona, I want to be a huge part in that. I want to take a huge part in that. I want to offer knowledge. I want to be able to help guys develop their skills, and uh, I'm really committed to that. So now my excitement is a little different, and it hasn't been it hasn't been tough at all. Uh, I've been able to see you know my family every day, and I've been able to watch my son grow, and you know watch my girls grow, and spend more time with with the family as a whole, and it's really been uh, very rewarding for me. And uh, I've been blessed to still be a part of uh, baseball and the game. Uh, you and I. Uh, going to be coaching the Dodgers this year in the Awatuki Little League season, and I'm really looking forward to that, looking forward to the guys and and uh, just sharing my experiences with them and some misfortune that I had in my career so that they can learn from my experiences and, and better themselves and, and go further in their careers. Well, Marcus, I, I think it's remarkable. I know that you're you're actively selling real estate and helping out a lot of your buddies with, with Keller Williams uh, and, uh, of course, working with you know, Jason Abrams, what do we want to call him, uh, Mr. Cherry McGuire of, of real estate. And I know that Absolutely. you guys are doing things all over the country and, and, and working out uh, fantastic. And I think it's also tremendous then that you flip over and still say, you know what, I have a successful real estate career. It's moving along. You're helping your guys across the country. At the same time, I could run into you on the field uh, in Ahwatukee Little League and you kind of say, hey, what's going on out here? How can I give back? How can I contribute what can I do to help the kids here? And what is amazing, Marcus, is that you don't have a child in the league as of yet. And so you're really looking towards the future. And I think that's, that's just, you know, very commendable. I mean, of course, as you mentioned, we're going to be managing uh, uh, the Dodgers organization. And I know as an Oakland A, that's got to be a little bit of a touchy situation for <laughs> Oh yeah, I could, I could, I, I think the Dodger Blue would suit me just fine. Well, I love it, I love it. So, uh, at the ages of ten, eleven, twelve, you know, we get a lot of psycho. Uh, I shouldn't say it that way. A little over, 
anxious, over-committed parents that really, really, really believe that Johnny or Sarah is going to be the next Pujols. Um, give a little insight. I mean, what what are scouts looking for? What you know? What is that little spark in the child? It, it, is it okay for the parents just to relax and just let the kids have some fun? I think that's the most important thing uh, is to let the kids uh, relax and have fun. Uh, I can remember a, a time uh, I was nine or ten years old. Uh, yeah, I was in Little League, and uh, we were at a regional tournament, and uh, it was my turn to, to toe the rubber, and it was, turn, it was time for me to pitch. And I just remember I was going and I was throwing, and I had thrown so much because I wanted to prepare, and I thought that, uh, preparation came from just throwing so many balls and just to keep throwing, and I thought that a curveball was a cool thing to throw. And uh, so as I was over practicing, I just remember my arms started hurting a little bit, and um, I, I tried to make the next throw, and the next throw only went about 15 feet. And uh, I, I didn't realize what had happened. I didn't realize how bad uh, of an injury that I had and didn't realize that I had an injury at all until I threw the next ball, and the next ball, it didn't go – you know, too much farther than that, and I was putting all of my effort in, and I, I couldn't figure out what was happening. And uh, so I ended up going to the doctor, and I went to the doctor, and they did x-rays on my arm. And what they found was that the growth plate in my elbow never completely formed. So they had to put my arm in a sling, and this was from throwing, you know, all those curveballs and all those pitches. They had to put my arm in a sling, and I had to take one year off from throwing. I remember getting in the passenger side of my dad's car and not even being able to reach out and, and to close the door, you know, with my right arm. I had to reach across my body and use my left arm to close the door. And it was kind of scary for me, especially with doctors saying that, hey, you you may not be able to throw the way that you did before. Uh, this may cause long-lasting problems because I didn't have the growth plate forming my elbow. Well, through a lot of prayer, uh, my elbow healed uh, properly. And uh, when I was 12, 13, uh, I was able to throw. I was able to throw again. Uh, it took me a while to build up arm strength. But um, I was actually able to go out and pitch again, but that was a scary uh, situation for me. And now uh, I want to use that experience uh, that I had to help teach the youth and everyone that, you know, it is about the kids having fun. And I want to encourage the kids to be honest. If there's something that's bothering you, if you're hurting, if, you know, if, if you're just not feeling right and you just, you know, something's just not right, you have to tell someone. Uh, it's not always good. Uh, you know, some people think it's a sign of a tough guy to be hurt, not say anything, and continue to play. I think the tougher guy is the one who's not afraid to admit that there's something going on and knows that if he can't give 100% of what he has, that he'll be a detriment to the team. I think it's more important. And I think as a community and as we support these kids, I think we need to instill in them that, hey, uh, even though you go out, you give everything that you have all of the time, you give all of your effort, uh, this is still a game, and I think that a lot of the principles that we try to instill in these kids, like the discipline and the control, I think those are life lessons. And I think that if we as parents and we as officials and coaches and umpires and everybody that's together, I think if we all come together and realize, hey, we're doing this for these kids, we want these kids to have it better than we did, we want these kids to have experiences that will be meaningful to them, meaningful to them for life, I think that we'll create a better environment for kids around, and I think we'll we'll see uh, uh, we'll definitely see an improvement. Uh, I'm I'm definitely committed. Uh, I you know anything that I could do uh, to help, and like I said, to share my experiences and to to help these kids along in their career, any of them and all of them, 
I'm willing. I, I am. I'm really committed to that because I know uh, that was something that, that I had, uh, that support, and uh, that, that's something that, that I want to give. And I'm prepared to give it as much as I have at, at any time. So that's what I'm here for. I feel like that's my mission. I know, Crossman, I mean, you're a great friend of mine, and I know that's your mission. And I think if we share that and we spread that across the league and, and we, we send that message, I think it will be great for everyone. Marcus, I appreciate that. How do you handle this this two-sport? You know, my kid and my child can only play one sport. I mean, in 97, you throw your first perfect game. Uh, can shout out to your Woodrow High, Woodruff uh, High School out there. Um, right. But then, you know, if you know, you turn right around, though, a few years later, and, I mean, you're playing with legendary football coach Lou Holtz. I mean, yeah. That was so. How do how do you talk to the parent today that says my son is only going to play baseball, only going to play football? Yet from time and time again, we see athletes that have made it to the highest level are multiple sport athletes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely tough, and um, I, I experienced that in college because I was a football and a baseball player there, and. Uh, you know, as far as time, um, you know, you get up in the morning, 8 o'clock, you're going to class, uh, you're going to class before 12, you got to grab a quick lunch on your way. I had to grab a quick lunch on my way to baseball practice at 120 uh, to take batting practice, and then I needed to go over uh, the football practice at 415, and after my football practice at 415, uh, I needed to go back to the weight room to go lift weights with the baseball team, and then uh, I needed to do study hall with the football team at night. So I was going back and forth all day, uh, I, you know, I, I, I ran myself pretty thin, but I had a lot of fun because I made a lot of friends and uh, the competitive nature of both sports. And, you know, playing for a guy like, like Lou Holtz, I mean, uh, our, our team wasn't really successful, but to have, you want to talk about support, you want to talk about motivation, to have a guy like that that has the reins and, and is leading you, uh, it was, you know, he gave me strength to keep going. I wanted to go over and be around him. I wanted to go and learn from him. Uh, so as far as cornering yourself and, and saying, oh, I'm only going to do one thing or another, I mean, you, you, uh, I think you're doing yourself an injustice if you don't leave options open. Uh, you know, there are a lot of talented kids uh, in this area. There are a lot of talented people. And, uh, you know, to limit yourself, I think, you know, I, I really do think it would be a, a serious injustice. I mean, I've seen kids uh, that come to baseball practice and a kid show up with a football, and I've seen a kid show, uh, throw a, a tight spiral. And, hey, do you, do you play football? No, I don't, I don't play any football. I don't know if I'm going to play any football. And that may be good uh, for him, and maybe he doesn't want to play football, and if he doesn't, that's fine. But as, as officials and as, as supporters of these children, if they are interested in other things, yeah, we need to let them diversify and that's a part of helping them to find themselves. It's a part of helping them to learn more about themselves, and it's also giving us an opportunity to learn more about them so that we can then apply what we've learned to get through them and to help them to get to where they want to be. Well, I know, Marcus, you talk a little bit about that in your academy as you're now committing to uh, really helping the youth, not only in pitching and not only in fielding, but also in the mindset, and also some diversity. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's a big, big thing. Absolutely. How, uh, now, how, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to uh, touch on, you You, men, you mentioned uh, mental, and I, I just wanted to touch on that for a second, if it's okay. Just it, sure. that, that 
it alone is one of the most important things. And I think, you know, when uh, we get excited, and we're going to get excited, parents are going to get excited and coaches and, and everyone, and I think you have to understand that that kind of excitement to a kid sometimes can be scary. You know, a kid sees, you know, their parent get real, really excited and, and really, really high up or see their parents, like, really low down. Sometimes it it uh, it causes an undue pressure on the child. If we could learn, yes, we're going to get excited, but if we could just keep an even keel with them and be more in tune to what their needs are, I think that that definitely will help them. And I think mentally that's the only way that we're going to get through to our children to open up their minds to have them to try things a different way. Maybe uh, there's something that I can or someone else can show them that will work better for them, but you have to keep an open mind. So what I'd like to do is I definitely want to uh, spend time with children, spend time with kids, the youth, talking to them about how important the mental side of the game is. And I've heard it several times throughout my career and even at the major league level that, you know, the game at that point becomes 85% mental. And what they mean is that everybody around has talent and ability. But if your mind and your attitude isn't set that you belong there and that you can get this done, then you will suffer. Uh, I think it's a mindset, and I think that uh, that's what we need to focus on with the kids because they are our future. I mean, not only are they our future ball players, but they're our future society and community, and we want them to have a great community. And I think it's up to us to guide them in that direction and to show them what that looks like. Marcus McBeth, former big leaguer, soon to be big leaguer in youth sports, on his way to Williamsport. Marcus, how can folks reach you out there if they want to ask a private message or just uh, email you? What's okay. your email address? What's your email address? I'm, oh, it's uh, the McBeth team. At the McBeth team at? Yes, sir. Gmail.com. The best team at gmail.com. Marcus, it's been a pleasure. Continued success in your career, and we'll see you in Williamsport. Sounds great. Thank you, Crossman.